welcome to Gen Topic. I'm Sarah. And I'm Anya. And it's Friday at five o'clock. Oh, time for gin. Yay! We're going to drink a gin with our guests and enjoy this week's topic. Yay! Cheers! Cheers! Who are we drinking gin with today? Okay, today we are drinking gin with... Danny Claude. Excellent. Danny is an augmentation and upper limb prosthetics designer. Okay, I understand some of those things. Uh, what things? Designer and prosthetic limbs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good, good. Got some words there. Excellent. So Danny is the um, founder of Danny Code Design. She's a senior technical specialist at the Plasticity Lab at Cambridge University in the UK and a collaborator of the Alternative Limb Project in London, which I have no idea what it is, but I love the idea of an alternative limb project. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah. It does sound a little bit... Um, do you remember Spider-Man when that guy tries to use lizard DNA to regrow his arm? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly Dr. Connors. what I'm thinking. I think that's him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All sorts of Marvel characters. Who was the one with all the different arms that came out of his back? But they, they were... Dr. Octopus. That's it. Dr. Octopus. So I'm thinking him. Yeah, because they're like additional limbs. So yeah. So anyway, we are talking augmented humans. Nice. And I've got a few questions. Okay. So, mm. well, what would you do if you could change any of your limbs? What would you have? Okay, cool. Like it. Makes me think of the cyborg and Treasure Planet who has the, like, cyborg arm where he can use a knife and then scissors and then all sorts of other cool stuff. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So what would you put in place? That's my own little question. But the real questions are, can your brain adapt to wearing an extra thumb? Oh, interesting. Mm. So if you had another thumb on your hand, would your brain accept it as a thumb? Adapt to using it as a thumb? Mm. Um, could adding a heartbeat into a prosthetic arm change the wearer's response to it? I feel like yes. And now I'm thinking about the Grey's Anatomy episode where they stab Arizona in the foot with a scalpel in surgery because she's having phantom limb pain. Nice. And what if, instead of an arm, you had a robotic tentacle? Well, back to Marvel again. No, because you went there and I went straight to weird tentacle porn. Oh, dear. Okay, well, let's keep away from tentacle porn. <laughs> and you mull over those questions. Okay. And then, having mulled over the topic and our questions, we can then start talking about what we actually know. Okay. And then Danny can teach us the rest. Everything that we definitely don't know. If you haven't listened to this week's tasting room yet, we've already spent a little time chatting with our guest and with our gin expert, Emma, finding out all about this week's gin, why our guest has chosen it, what it tastes like, and whether we like it or not. And this week, we're drinking 10 legs. So don't forget to listen to our tasting room. But now, on with the topic. Okay, so Danny, we can let you relax and enjoy drinking Ten Legs as Anya and I are going to talk about what we think we know about your subject mm -hmm. and to see if we can answer any of the questions that we've posed Okay, so that you get a base level uh, understanding of kind of what you are needing to educate, <laughs> what okay. caps to fill. <laughs> Feel free to take notes if you need, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, you know, okay. and be amazed. Yeah. Be amazed. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you've actually got On paper you. ready as if we'll have anything to say. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> okay, so Anya, we have a topic of augmented humans. Yes. Now, um, I know what a human is. Augmented yep. 
I kind of maybe... It's not a word you use on an everyday basis? No. So if you could provide a, a definition, mm-hmm. that would be great. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay. She couldn't do it um, off the top of her head, could she? <laughs> Cambridge Dictionary. Augment to increase the size or value of something by adding something to it. So to increase the size or value of a human by adding something to it. I see. Oh, I see. There we go. So my brain went straight to plastic surgery and increasing the size oh, okay. of things. I don't think that's what we're talking about, but <laughs> yeah. Responding to one of those adverts. <laughs> okay, so let me give you our questions. Mm-hmm. So we've got some questions from Danny, but I added one too, which was um, if you could add anything to you, which would increase your size or value, what would it be? Oh, okay. Okay. Do I have to answer <laughs> and that's what not a I knowledge, you know, checking question, but it's just interesting. Uh, um, yeah. What would you add? I mean, the easiest thing. Oh, wings. Obviously, I would add wings. Big, nice. big, brilliant fantasy wings, and it would be wonderful. And would they fly? Yeah. Would they properly fly? They wouldn't Obviously just be decoration. They'd properly fly, Sarah. Obviously, <gasps> I'm thinking oh, bat boys wings. type. Wi- no, actually, I want fluffy ones. I want sort of feathery, lovely ones to c- sort of cuddle up. Oh, would you? Yeah, right. I think so. Not oh, okay. Bat boy so they they would fly, but they'd also wrap you up. Yes, yeah. If if anyone listening is a Sarah J. Maas fan, I want wings like Rowan's. That's what I want. I've decided because I don't want a tail. Tails seem impractical to me because I think, you know, people would step on it. What would you add, Sarah? I don't know because you've said wings and I'm like, yes, I love Obviously. wings. I would also, on the same vein, I would also love horns just because how cool would that be walking around with, with a set of antlers? Or something and just going mess with me um just for entertainment value i love that i was like for practical reasons <laughs> i want wings and this is why and you're there going i want horns because i think it'd be <laughs> Only funny you said wings <laughs> why not um what would i add well i always <laughs> said that as a parent it doesn't apply now because you're all a bit bigger but that you should grow an extra set of arms so and just one extra set would be perfect um, because then you can hold child, hold, pull dog in right direction, put washing yep. down, yep. Yep. Um, stop the jar from smashing on the floor. So, yeah, but I'd like to have them for early sort of early children. And then they fall years. off again. And then, yeah, they could molt sort of, can oh. they? Like, yeah. So I'm going to break like the mould of how we do this because I feel like we should get this all now and I want to know, Danny, what would you add to your body? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, so as you might have noticed, I'm quite obsessed with hands. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I've kind of made the third thumb on the side of my hand, but uh, yeah, I'm exploring kind of the back of the hand and kind of coming back over towards the palm because uh, obviously I assemble, I solder, I 3D print and so um, just cool. ha- kind of adding to that function functionality of, of the hands is, is my focus. So instead of having extra ha- arms, having another hand on top of your hand? Not necessarily a whole another a hand, that but, would be cool, um, but not necessarily a, another finger either. So maybe something kind of um, more of kind of robotic, uh, oh, something yeah. like perhaps with a pincher on the end, you know, so you can do things that a finger can't because a finger has cool. to kind of roll to kind of grip as opposed to kind of having something that on the end that kind of can grip and then you can move You'd go around. a bit more cyborg yeah. with it. We've gone into fantasy nice. region. Yeah, little yeah. bit you know, hey this is what we're here to discuss nice. there's a lot of uh things to discuss about the future of augmentation okay <laughs> so let me get on to the serious <laughs> questions then right Anya what do you know about um wearing extra limbs like an extra thumb and whether your brain could accept it and adapt to it or not that's question number one I feel like your brain could adapt to it um, because people adapt to prosthetic limbs a lot, not necessarily always successfully, but people do. Um, I don't have any personal experience of adapting to a limb. Uh, I have all the ones that I was born with and they were just there. Yep, yeah, that's what I got on that one. <laughs> 
did you ever hear about the experiment where they they had a hand and then they were sort of like tickling the hand or something you couldn't see your hand but you could feel the tickle and then they were showing you a different hand and tickling the hand and so you would feel that that was tickled and then they stabbed it and so then you reacted in the pain to well, but it wasn't was your hand it was the great anatomy episode I talked about earlier where they stabbed her in the fake foot it's a similar concept <laughs> so it's so if you can adapt like that that you believe it's yours so then i think you probably could adapt to anything being put on your body your brain would believe that it's part of you eventually so okay both of us are saying yes yeah have no idea how or um, yeah <laughs> could adding a heartbeat into a prosthetic arm change the wearer's response to it so straight away that weirds me out because i'm like i've never heard the heartbeat of my arm and now i'm thinking that somebody oh, would have an yeah. arm that has like an audible heartbeat that's like a watch that's like boom 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 and see it's, i it's again that. have gone fancy sci-fi with it and i'm thinking about that very specific Doctor Who reference here. Claxon for that, please, Ben. Of the clockwork things that are in that episode where they, you can hear them ticking. And I'm like, could yeah. you hear the... Oh, and it's weirded me out. Yeah, completely. Mm. But I'm also thinking that <laughs> there must be in our veins the whole sort of feeling of a heartbeat as such so maybe it is that you're losing well you know when you lay on your ear and sometimes you can hear it and that weirds me out so but maybe that would help people to i don't know i'm not sure on that one that one i've got nothing for big question mark on the paper for that i think it would definitely change the wearer's response to it because if it was a really loud heartbeat i'd be like get the thing off me um and other responses i have no idea um what if instead of an arm you had a robotic tentacle? I don't want a tentacle. I'd love a robotic arm. I'd love like a cyborg arm where I can like switch it out and there's a knife and there's scissors. The idea of a tentacle loving movements weirds me out. I just I um I don't love the idea of a tentacle. You know when sometimes if you fall asleep on your arm funny and like the hand goes dead. Yeah. Could you imagine if you just woke up and there was like this tentacle on your face and you're like (laughs) alien octopuses are attacking (laughs) the extent of our knowledge is that we have no idea what you're talking about what you do it sounds amazing (laughs) and yes things probably can happen and i think we need you back now to tell us a lot more (laughs) i'm back (laughs) what do you want to talk about (laughs) so where do we start um, well, I have lots of notes, actually, surprisingly. Oh, my God, look at those, look at those. Um, but it's interesting you brought up um, the definition of augmentation, uh, which we can go into a little bit more in a bit. But um, what's interesting is uh, that first inspired me was the definition of prosthetic. So mm-hmm. prosthetic was um, a Greek linguistic term. Um, it was a prosthetene. I've only ever read it, so I hope that's the right pronunci- pronunciation. But um, it meant um, in addition to. Oh. So it was um, addition. It was a linguistic term to add onto a word, I believe. Um, and so that kind of shifted my mind about uh, the understanding of, of prosthetics. So this was during my master's degree. I was writing my dissertation on prosthetics and then kind of moved into augmentation and then physical augmentation and sensory augmentation and how can we extend our bodies and then I kind of my looking into prosthetics a bit more I was like isn't, isn't this just a extension yeah of any body yeah, yeah um and to and to talk about we talk a lot about prosthetics in in terms of um replacing something that is lost mm. or something that is missing so for some people these words are quite detrimental, mm. uh, quite negative, um, you know, for, for people uh, born with one limb, mm-hmm. they're not missing anything. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to a, um amputee who has suffered a loss mm. and has, has suffered a trauma and has a completely different experience um, with regards to their uh, their physical identity um, mm. than a congenital one-hander. Mm. And so, but as a society, we see them as a person with one arm. Mm. So mm. it's really mm. interesting to talk about these definitions and that's what I really like to work with um, is, is discussing um, 
defining this technology. And with augmentation, it's really interesting because um, you can start to blur those lines because it's still so new. Yeah. Um, so with your, yeah, so it's interesting you said I, I only think about plastic surgery at the moment because um, that is still technically called augmentation. Yeah. We have not updated and become up with a new word. I have I make extra thumbs for neuroscience research and they could still be classified as a similar device as a breast implant. No. Because they're both called augmentation. Kidding. They're both they're both technically augmentation, body augmentation. Actually one is implanted, the breast and one is wearable. So that's their only Def, you know, technical definition. Mine is wearable augmentation, implantable Which augmentation. Which is like mind blowing because they are incredibly right? difficult things to do, and yeah. they're, they're <laughs> no way the same. <laughs> but they are augmenting the body. <laughs> no shade to anyone who has had their boobs done. That's hey, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. and then it's interesting. Your different, um, uh, you know. Uh, fantasies of augmentation so uh wings is uh more of a functional augmentation something uh extending the body functionally and sarah yours was uh aesthetic so mm-hmm. horns are not functional unless you're planning on headbutting a sheep or something i don't know but some, <laughs> some hats. are either of them realistic could i one day have wings so wings is an interesting one. Obviously, it's a common one that I, I hear. It's because it's such an amazing feel, you know, thought of a feeling to, to fly in that way. But it's interesting that um, it, it depends on what you mean by wings. So what we talk about a lot with augmentation is are we are we thinking about the ultimate goal, the ultimate function for that for the body, or are we talking about recreation of a, either a fantasy or a, what we call biomimetic. So are you recreating a wing that you see that you want to wear that you want to then use? For example, when you said feathers, so it's like probably bird inspired, maybe a little bit kind of, um, I forgot the name of the, the horse, uh, like a, unico- a unicorn or like Pegasus, Pegasus yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's very kind of biomimetic, even though, you know, Pegasus isn't quite, quite real, but we kind of see the vibe. Yeah. yeah. Um, or is the ultimate goal to fly? Because mm. then that's a whole different question, question. So we can fly. We do fly. Yeah. See, I love it, though, because Anya said she wants the wings, but she wants them to be feathery. And then the ultimate thing is she just wants a hug. I know I did notice that yeah <laughs> flying would be cool like flying would be cool but also I'm not great with heights so I think actually once I'd get up there I'd be like oh this isn't ideal so I kind of just want them for like aesthetic purposes I was like give myself a cuddle and be like just oh my god I look like them a little yeah. yeah and like flirt with someone in a bar and be like oh look at my wings no flutter flutter oh Boom, look free yes drink. I can fly but I only go two feet off the ground um, yeah, so that's an interesting, again, uh, question that we talk a lot about with augmentation design is, is it implantable or is it removable? Mm-hmm. So you, I think you did kind of touch on that a little bit about, um, yeah, wearable, I, I, with your arms, Sarah, your arms for the kids, um, is I'd like to take them off when yeah. they're grown or yeah. at the end of the day when I'm having a gin. <laughs> yeah, so so it's interesting to talk about. So for me, I work in, in wearable augmentation. I don't do any implantable devices. Um, that's uh, a whole different field, a whole different interest, uh, not something I'm focusing on oh, right now. So we could, you could design something that we could buy. I was going to say mother care, but mother care doesn't exist anymore, but some other <laughs> equal sort of parental shop. Other retailers are available. <laughs> your extra arms to then buy and then so sell on eBay I, later. You're not thinking this through, Sarah. I could put the wings on. I could put them on with like you a little could. harness. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Workable. Brilliant. Little harness. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so then we've got to get into the nitty gritty. It's interesting that to, you both jumped to like implantable. Yeah. 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 Mm. How they would work, that implantable and then taking how... Because mm. how would you control something if it was wearable? It would have to be... Perfect. Yeah. Perfect question. So control. Control is super critical uh, with with augmentation and prosthetics. So prosthetics is something that's obviously been developed a lot further um, at the moment. Augmentation is a lot more um, experimental at the moment, um, a lot more in testing phase. The most augmentation devices on the market are exoskeletons, Mm. Um, but so that's not something I work with at the moment. Um, So sorry, I've lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? Control. So control is um, is a bottleneck for augmentation. Mm. So it's 
to kind of help describe this, I kind of see augmentation as complex, but as a, a simple way to kind of put it on a, on a kind of complex spectrum with tools on one side. So you've got tools and you've got augmentation, right? Mm -hmm. So tools um, replace functionality. So they take away something and then they extend past the functionality of the body. Mm -hmm. So take a digger, like a, you know, driving a digger or something, for example. So it occupies your entire body. So you have to sit, you have to, you know, you've got to I don't know, steering wheel or, or a kind of, um, mechanisms to pull and, you know, levers and stuff. You've probably got a foot pedal as well. It's you're, you're concentrating, but what, so that takes away pretty much everything. So you can't do anything else whilst you're mm -hmm. doing that mm -hmm. for, with your body. But what it affords you is so much greater than what the, the human body can achieve, mm -hmm. um, alone. For example, our, our closest thing is probably what to scoop our hand in the dirt, you know? So that's the closest. It is, mm -hmm. it is worth the substitution. Um, and, Augmentation is on the other end of the side. Sorry, the other end of the spectrum of that. So, we're trying to create a layer on the surface of the body um, and take away very, very little to control that extension. Mm. So right. you're meant to, you're ideally you're meant to be able to control your biological body the same way. It's something added on. So, for example, with my third thumb, it's added onto the side of the hand. You can still use all your fingers and your hand. You're using the, your hand with the third thumb. So yeah. you could then hold a tool for example with the third thumb so that's where i kind of see defining yeah. augmentation a little bit differently so like going back to anya's wings if she was literally to put on a suit with wings then she'd have to operate the buttons that would flap them and all the rest of it but yes. actually what so you're buttons, talking about yes, is good, having the wings point. that she could get yeah, like so that like a chicken and they would <gasps> flap they're not gonna be like a chicken <laughs> oh my god don't do you see the way you are just completely <laughs> destroying my wings and talking shit about them already? Well, let's no, no, let's dig into it a little bit. Okay, so for the third thumb, I control it with my two big toes. Oh. So there's little pressure sensors. Um, so little kind of they're film. They're about this big. Oh, sorry, they're just about a um, penny size. Um, underneath the big toe, and then I wear something around my ankle that wirelessly uh, connects to uh, what's worn on my upper arm. Um, so I'm, as I'm pressing my big toes. Uh, it controls the two degrees of freedom of the thumb. So there's one one control that kind of brings the third thumb across the hand, mm -hmm. and then there's one control that brings the thumb up towards the little finger, mm -hmm. and then they can be used together. And what's why why my design is quite different to um, prosthetic hands or or you know other prosthetics is that it's um, proportional control. So that means that as you as you're pressing down on your toe, you're getting that instant response of the mm. third thumb. Uh, it's, you know, speed and, you know, you can go slow, you can go fast. You're feeling that it's that one-to-one -one kind of control. And that's what's really hard to recreate because I'm now using, utilizing my two big toes. It's great when I'm seated. That's when I mostly use the third thumb because it's a very kind of highly um, dexterous mm. um, augmentation. I can't run upstairs holding something, for example. So there is a certain amount of impact. I'm taking away um, what we call hijacking off the human body yeah. to then control an augmentation device. So when we're talking about something like wings, you know, how are you doing it? So perhaps it's like a stretch or flex sensor across your back, mm. you know, so as you kind of flex your shoulders forward, which is actually something that is controlled, utilized to control a, a prosthetic mm. hook. Uh, so the manual prosthetic hooks is actually your opposite shoulder pulling forward and that's what actually will open the hook and then you release and it closes or vice versa and then you kind of get into the whole thing of if you're stronger in your shoulders and your back are you able to move your wings more also i mean it's totally i mean you could calibrate it for everybody i mean this is again why this wearable technology is so challenging to develop because it is because everybody is literally mm -hmm. different you know in in history of of designing for you know even like aircraft seats or mm. anything like that when whenever they try to generalize or average human work. bodies they always end up wrong <laughs> yeah because there's no average yes yeah. there is no average nobody is the same <laughs> yeah and i know it's hard you know to to kind of think about but you know there's actually no uh, the average of human arms is not two yeah. <laughs> when you think about it like that you know yeah. so um yes people born with no arms born with one arm mm. yeah born yeah. with extra fingers yeah it's it's we're a lot more variable yeah. than people and like the to and size of arms and and usability Absolutely. and everything as well and so then in terms of can the brain um change when using things like that you know 
when you were talking about using your big toes, I was thinking about mm. how the sort of muscle memory of playing instruments mm. sort of happens that you can end up being able to just play something like the piano without being up, having to look at it because you're so used to what you're doing and how you do it. That yeah. Is it then that sort of use of the toes to move the thumb that you end up just not thinking about it? So there's two things there. Um, so firstly, uh, so my collaborator, my collaborator uh, Professor Tamamikin, who's the neuroscientist, the head of the lab, the plasticity lab that I work with, um, would like me to say it's not muscle memory, it's in the brain. <laughs> Glad I <laughs> said that say just to get that. <laughs> oh. And that's, you've just got a gold star. You are going to get an email that goes... <laughs> Well done. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for leading that one in that. Yeah. Um, yeah so um, what's interesting is, so it's interesting you say musicians. We actually excluded musicians from our first study um, because of the, because they already had kind of changed um, their kind and of hand representation. And finally, in the there is some vindication of being the only sibling who can't play an instrument. <laughs> I can be used in studies, baby. Yes. <laughs> so not all studies, just our study, because we were looking specifically at the, at the representation I'm of the hands take and it. the fingers. <laughs> you take it. Absolutely. Own that. <laughs> <laughs> I was excluded, excluded from my own study because I'm left-handed. No. <laughs> so we focus on the right hand because it's a, but I know I'm a, a high level thumb, thumb, third thumb user anyway. So I would yeah, have uh, not it, been It's not useful. fair. <laughs> So with our first study, um, we did, so we just uh, published that uh, 2021 in Science Robotics. Um, and we did five days of training with the third thumb. We did pre and post fMRI. Um, I don't know if, if Sorry, I need F to describe F a little bit. Of, did pre and post. <laughs> we did pre and post fMRI. So you want an MRI scanner, yeah. so how we scan the brain. Mm. Yeah. So fMRI is almost like a, a video of that. So it's a 3D video. So you can do activities in the scanner. So we get people to, you know, m move their individual fingers. We're seeing how the individual fingers are actually represented in the brain cool. and their similarities or dissim dissimilarities. So it's more of a kind of, yeah, I like to think of it as a activity based, you know, kind of a video, 3D video of your brain. Mm, yeah. um, I'm sure the neuroscientists would have some more complex uh, things to add to that. But to make it understandable for all. <laughs> exactly. We yeah. need to understand this. They can talk about it to themselves in the proper way. <laughs> So yeah, so we did, so we scanned their brain uh, before, you know, in the pre-session. Then they got to use the third thumb uh, for five days. So we did, we brought them into the lab for two hours a day uh, of training and they did uh, multiple tasks. The main goal of the tasks was not to like augment the hand. It was about training with the third thumb. It was about increasing the functionality of the third thumb for them. So there was tasks like um, collaborating with another finger. So uh, for example, picking up like um, Jenga blocks. Mm -hmm and um, building a tower, but you had to always use the third thumb as one side of the block mm -hmm. and pick up multiple at a time. Um, other ones like, um, you know, completely occupying the hand and only using the third thumb. So picking up like a, uh, like, t like tape, like sellotape only with the third thumb whilst holding like a ball with your hand. So really focusing on that, mm. like in end tip of the third thumb uh, and your control. And over can that. I quickly just say, because I'm realizing that if I was listening to this, I might not know. Just to describe, where does the third thumb go on the hand when you're doing this? Oh, well yeah. done, Anya, because we can see we Danny can see. in the representation of But obviously you can head to Instagram where we will have pictures oh, yeah. of it. Yes. But absolutely, where would it go? Let me give you a little rundown visually. Um, so yeah, because obviously all my work is very visual. Yeah. I've gotten a little bit better at, at describing it. Um, Right, so the third thumb. Um, so you put your, hold your hand up. The third thumb sits on your um, on your palm. Um, so just below your your little finger, opposite side of your biological thumb. Mm -hmm. So it sits there. It's got a little rigid part that sits on your hand there. So it's like a mirror image of your thumb on the other side. Yeah, you could have nice. a thumb war with um, yourself. <gasps> you <could>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who would win? You could do that. <laughs> I love your the fact that I'm now having a thumb, thumb. war with myself. <laughs> well, I actually do it first. I don't know if you've ever seen this. The like, awkward turtle. Yeah. yeah, that was my first interaction. I kind of uh, inspiration. I kind of sat there and I was just like, hmm, that's interesting. I love <laughs> that you did the awkward turtle and thought, hmm, I could do an extra thumb. Whereas yeah. I was doing it as like a 13 year old being like, oh, awkward turtle. Like, awful, <laughs> awful. <laughs> 
Uh, so yeah, so the whole the thumb comes out. It's fully flexible. Um, it doesn't really look like a thumb. It's grey. It's three D printed. Um, it kind of has sections cut out of it where it bends, so you can kind of see how it functionally works. Um, it's not hum- human like, which we can go to in a little bit. Um, mm. And it then it connects um, via some kind of tubes to. Uh, what's worn around the wrist, which is the two motors. And uh, they have little wheels on them, which are their servo motors. Um, and that, that's what gives the proportional control. So as you press down on your toe, you'll see that the, you'll kind of feel the motors moving and it's one motor per kind of um, control movement. And then on your upper arm, there's just a wire that connects and you wear on the upper upper arm, um, the uh, kind of wireless wireless connector, the brain of the third thumb really, and a, and a battery. Um, and that's that's all you need. That's worn, so it's all wireless. It's all only on your arm, and then it wirelessly connects to uh, a little thing that's worn around your ankle. Um, and people ask me, have, have I just recently gotten out of jail? And I find that really interesting uh, because there's no other form factors that utilize the ankles yeah. other than yeah. um, the little tag. So um, I don't know if I want to change that or, or just kind of lean into it and be like, hey, <laughs> I'm also using the ankles. Yeah. It's fine. And then, the, and then a little wire goes into your shoe uh, or on the outside of your sock and then there's a little pressure sensor that you uh, temp- you can either temporarily stick to your sock um, or I have them in my insoles. So I slip my insoles into my shoes mm. and just put around my ankle and then it's completely wireless. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. So, Because I was just thinking about that difference between prosthetics and augmentation and the fact that prosthetics is, is still mm. very much this sort of replacement of something that's missing and therefore you're Mm -hmm. replacing it to be as much like the thing that was missing yeah so that's what we can get into a little bit whereas the augmentation you can be replacing it to be anything you want so it doesn't have to be the color of the thumb the shape of the thumb it's just but does it not mess with people's heads a little bit because i feel like if i had something on my hand that was gray I would not necessarily associate it as part of my body. So it's called Uncanny Valley (laughs) when things look too uh, human-like, but not quite. So as humans, we're very, very good at knowing when something's not human. We don't necessarily know what it is, and that's the challenge of people who are obsessed with cre- recreating, you know, humanoid robots. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see the, the mm. silicon faces, everything like that, or even just in video games when we try to render uh, humans. It, it, we're getting, uh, on computer games, I have to say, getting pretty close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, in phys- the physical world, this we're so, I don't know if it's a, primal safety thing but we're really really good at noticing when something is not human and it makes us feel uncomfortable mm. so it's called a, but something then called we uncanny also belly. get quite used to if that thing is happening all of the time wearable technology things that we have we get used to seeing people with headphones on and things that that's it's fashion as well mm-hmm. you see weird shit that uh, happens in the fashion industry mm-hmm. that we're just like oh fashion like, yeah. and which I love I'm like more weird shit the better because then then my work uh, becomes slightly less weird which is something we you know we can talk about with um yeah. you know um how 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 willing people are to in- embrace but technology you're so like this right, because I functional. remember when there was yeah. a whole debate going on about wired headphones are coming back and they're fashionable now and like it was it was a weird what a weird discussion yeah. <laughs> you were telling me yeah. about how the brain would adapt to that third thumb. So we've got them oh, in the yes. machine with those yes. before and after mm. tests. So then what What did you find? So, yeah, so um, so we, they did two hours of training every day and then they also took it home with them as well. Mm. So we got about four and a half hours of training uh, per day, well, like kind of use per day, two hours of, of a okay. high-core training. So I, I'm, not, I'm not encouraging a tangent, but I do have to ask because if I had an extra thumb, <laughs> listen... Listen. How would you be using it? If you have an extra thumb, (laughs) somebody's got to be like, let me just try this, right? Because if you give a human an extra anything, they're going to try and do something weird sexual stuff with it. I'm sure they possibly did. (laughs) Yeah, we had lots of antiseptic wipes. It didn't uh, go on the form. Wiping down the thumb. (laughs) It didn't go on the form. We did ask them the activities that they they did use. Um, No one said any sexual activity, but... (laughs) They were lying. Yeah. (laughs) Um, you know what? I've, it's not the first time I've, I've heard this. Uh, also, as a queer woman, the fact I've designed an extra finger. Like, I, yeah, yeah I don't want to make it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, it's fine. I've literally heard everything that anyone could throw at me. So um, now it's just funny. I think even um, James Corden Mm -hmm. on The Late Late Show made a rude joke about the third thumb. And I'm just going to still take it as, as PR. He showed the third thumb on the late, late show in America and made a sex joke. So perfect. Hey, I mean, take what you can get. If I had a third thumb, I know I'd be doing weird stuff with it. Why not? Yep. So yes, yeah, so they've used, used it for five days, right? Quite extensively. Um, and so we did pre and post fMRI. Um, and I am going to do my best to explain this, um, but we got them to move their fingers in the scanner individually. Um, and we saw a slight shift of, of within the ha- their augmented hand area of their brain, which is, was their right mm. hand. Uh, we saw a, a slight shift of how the fingers were kind of represented in the brain. Mm. Um, they kind of call it like collapsing, almost like they became closer together. So every finger is represented cool. the brain and they're also represented in, in, in that space uh Direct, like in a functional way. So your index is kind of um, closer to your, your thumb because it's more functional. We use those two together as opposed to your thumb and your pinky. You don't really use those uh, together as much. And so we saw this kind of shift happen and only after five days of training. And after we uh, let them, we you know, that they went back to their kind of normal, regular lives, um, we brought them back in uh, kind of five to 10 days later and they had uh, their their scans were back to um, being more similar to their pre third thumb use scans. Mm-hmm. So we had made this kind of temporary uh, change in the brain, mm-hmm. um, and um, that's really interesting. So where I come from with augmentation, um, it's not I'm not kind of like <laughs> the poster child of like we all need extra thumbs. Like let's do this. It's more it's actually more critical than that. Like we you know Tamara and I both agree that um, these devices, uh, especially if they're shoved into the market especially if they're shoved into uh, a workplace environment yeah, yeah. every day use every day you know let's be conservative you know like seven eight hours you know conservative mm-hmm. five or six days a week you know someone's using a device like this how is it going to impact their biological body mm-hmm. if we're seeing after five days uh, a, a change in the brain you know so um we're i'm very much like open to going oh okay this is actually not Good, good device to to put straight into the market mm. you know that's why I've kind of kept it as a research tool at the moment see and that's really interesting so I was thinking about if you were going into market you were going you know let's take Amazon warehouse you know and the benefits of a third thumb in packing and picking mm. and yeah. all sorts of things you know going to supermarkets picking and packing and all the rest of it so you could see yeah, the benefits yeah. of doing that and actually the benefits of Absolutely. the brain adapting it to it really quickly. But then you're thinking about yes. actually then they adapt to it. What if you take it yeah. away? What happens when you take it off? So, for example, just, yeah, so let's say like an extra arm that you're controlling with your feet, seated, seated at a, a you know assembly line or something like this, very extensive use. Um, you're getting really used to it. Your body's adapting to it, but it is removable, right? Because you, you're not kind of going to implant into your workers. So it's removable. You well, take it off. You go drive moment, home. But I mean, capitalism. Well, yeah, no, we can discuss that. Yeah, yeah, we can discuss that. Yeah. Um, you take it off. You go to, you drive, drive home. You, you almost get into an accident. You know, there's a sudden change while you're driving and you put your foot down your, or your, your something control to control your extra arm to grab something yeah, yeah. to assist you in that instant moment because you've become so adapted to wearing this technology and you yeah. crash like because yeah. you're because the arm's not there mm, right yeah. you know the, you can you know if this kind of technology is so especially if it's kind of biomimetic in this way or functional in this way and we're seeing this shift in the brain um what you know especially after like multiple years of use like we have yeah. no even way like, of understanding you, how this if could be running on a treadmill for like 20 minutes, half an hour. When you step off, sometimes you feel like mm. the floor is still moving underneath yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah, after yeah. only like half an hour. So you'd get so used mm. to yeah. having it on there. Yeah. And there must be that connection then with prosthetics in being that sort of pr- replacement of a missing. And, you know, the whole um, sort of phantom limb. Phantom limb. That actually yeah. you're talking about that creation of a phantom limb type feeling after that you go to use something because you it's become part of your body yeah so phantom's really interesting uh and we're also very cautious of using phantom um with regards to augmentation technology because that's very not proven not a good thing uh because phantom sensations are 
a real thing yeah. for amputees. Yes, yeah. um, they do exist. They're um, extremely painful yeah. for, for some individuals. Uh, so that's something we study extensively in the lab, um, as the plasticity lab. I don't personally study on it, but it's um, it's you know something of big interest. Um, you know the the representation of the hand uh, that was once there is is still there in the brain. You know, uh, it, the phantom's still there, the feeling of it. Um, I spoke with a, uh, a woman who her phantom just feels like it's up like this, so like mm. really tensioned up against yeah. the body. We have things called telescoping, so the perception is either that the hand is bigger or smaller than it was, once was because it's, you know, there's this confusion about the brain thinks it's still there and it's not. It's physically not there. So, And, and that's a, a something we've we've had forever you know, since mm. we've been born, it's a mm. limb that's there, that's been there forever. So you can understand those phantoms existing because it's something that has always been there. Yeah. So on the same thread, it's just like, you know, so Kelly, who I, I collaborate, um, Kelly Knox, who I make um, prosthetic arms for and alternative limbs for. Um, so she was born with one arm. So her left, so she, her left arm is, is kind of to, but just below the elbow. Mm. Um, so her, her, uh, left arm of her brain uh, is is going to look very different to ours mm, on the scan, mm. um, you know, or else as in people with with a left hand, um, because it, it was it grew differently. It, it, the brain didn't really know that there was meant to be a left hand. It yeah. adapted. She's got uh, the other areas of the brain. There's no like dead space, <laughs> you know. It's it, the brain just ad- adapts and takes over. No, the, no, it's that whole thing of where you don't know any any different so yeah the brain doesn't know yeah so it, yeah if you're growing like that and it's functional and that's what you know is really the basis of um you know this interest in, in brain plasticity so mm. that's why we're called the plasticity lab and uh, professor tamar making studies you know upper limb difference in the brain extensively um from all angles mm. of of all these things we've discussed so yeah so it's really interesting to then talk about phantom um and then and suppose so it's the functional part of the arm that um you know that that there's still kind of muscles there that once controlled the the hand of the amputee that then is utilized for EMG sensors, uh, which is kind of muscle sensors, sensors um, that then control the prosthetic arm. Mm. Um, But it's not a kind of one-to-one. I think there's this perception that you can put on a prosthetic arm. The phantom just kind of slots right into the arm. You're able to control it. It's not, it's it's not the reality, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So sometimes the phantom will feel kind of up tensioned against the body. And then obviously the physical arm is in a different space. So it can be quite uh, overwhelming for, Mm. for new users and, and also their expectations of technology um, is, is, is really challenging. Mm. Um, You know, I spoke, I interviewed a prosthetist for my, dissertation and he was just like yeah one of the most challenging parts is just managing people's expectations actually the psychology um mm-hmm. around it of um of not only the loss but also the fact that this prosthetic arm just can't do what your arm mm-hmm. did yeah. um and there's so much development going into it but it's um yeah we're, we're far away unfortunately mm. so does this then lead on to things like putting a heartbeat in an arm? Because yeah. why would you put a heartbeat in an arm? And does it have that connection with the phantom and everything? Or is that totally separate? Yeah. So the synchronized arm that I collaborated on uh, with Kelly Knox. So it was worn by Kelly Knox and I collaborated with the Alternative Limb Project. Uh, Sophie D'Olivera-Barata, so who cool. is I love amazing. That. Sophie's work. Yeah, it is amazing. I, I came across it um, during my master's degree, actually, when I was, was designing the third thumb. And when I started to like look more in prosthetics, actually, yeah, kind of prosthetic research came in first. And I came across this video of um, Victoria Modesta, a, a pop star, uh, wearing one of uh, Sophie's designs uh, on her leg. And it's uh, like a big black spike. Mm, so cool. coming down from her knee. And she's like a dancer. So she's da- like, you know, it's just kind of, you know, hitting this floor just in this point. Yeah. And it like literally took my breath away. I was just like, oh, who the fuck made this? It's amazing. So oh my God. Cool. I was like, you need to find the designer of this limb. Um, I'd never seen anything like it before and uh, got in touch with Sophie and she was in London and I was in London and I was like, this never happens. We had a chat. Uh, I was kind of interviewing her a little bit and, but we just kind of got along really well. Um, and I was just delving into some interesting things like with electronics and sensors that she was looking to explore. She did a lot of lower, lower limb stuff because uh, it's actually more common for, mm. for lower limb, um, especially amputees. And so, yeah, so she was like, let's do an upper limb. I was just like, I'm totally keen. Uh, and she's got, she's like, I've got this, I've met this model uh, called Kelly Knox and she was born without her left uh, arm. Uh, and let's be, like, it'd be really cool to collaborate. Um, and after meeting Kelly and, and kind of having a chat, um, we realized that 
Um, she had this quite complex relationship with prosthetics. Uh, so, you know, a lot of um, congenital one-handers uh, were kind of told to wear a, usually mm. a static mm. one-tone skin mm. tone arm mm. to kind of fit wear in. Wear this to, to make kind us of, all you know, feel better looking at you. Yeah. I think to make everyone around her feel better, yeah. not her. Yeah, <laughs> which is the messed up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, she she was uh, she had this quite uh, extreme reaction or aversion to wearing this. She used to kind of, I think she said, like used to kind of bend it or draw on it or something like that, so she didn't have to wear it. Um, and and also, what's interesting with congenital one handers is that um, where we put a prosthetic on, especially if they're below the elbow. Um, we're covering up their really functional area mm, of their arm, yeah. which is um, this kind of inner, inner elbow pe- piece yeah. um, of the arm, which is kind of like use, how we use kind of the palm and yeah. a kind of cupped hand. It's very similar. So, um, you know, see Kelly tying up her hair mm. with, with kind of both both arms. Um, so, yeah, so uh, we kind of cover that up by by just shoving mm. a socket over top. You lose all sensations because it's inside, a, inside the arm, right? So... Mm. So yeah, we kind of chatted about that, and and we I realized that you know uh, on that same vein that you know there's no um, prosthetics that really celebrate the shape of the arm. Mm. It's always like it's always about the hand. How's the hand mm. working? Let's focus on the hand. Everything else is usually like a car- black carbon fiber because mm. it's really super functional. Mm. It's strong. You know, shove your arm in and let's work on that mm. hand, right? So we flipped the mm. order of focus and made it instead of. Um, high focus hand then the arm and then the socket we flipped that focus and said what if the socket is the main part mm. then the arm and then the hand is is last because so, for and Kelly, in terms it's not of a listeners piece. socket as in elbow or sorry arm, yeah. uh, elbow pit mm. <laughs> yeah yeah the, the hole that you kind of yeah. put your arm into um and yeah we kind of um thought about this and and um decided to kind of yeah have this kind of flip this usual order of focus um and so we um we actually made this kind of carbon fiber uh, gold plated socket cool. um so this kind of beautiful so re- but really mm. kind of exactly mimics um so just a layer on kelly's arm and she's got a beautiful arm uh, shape um and so uh, kind of made the socket that that shape and then we 3d scanned her right arm uh, and mirrored it and then we recreated it in um like layered clear acrylic pieces so kind of like uh vertical layered clear acrylic pieces and then made the hand actually removable Mm. so it's like a removable hand um and she had multiple hands she could kind of put on um but but for her you know the function so just coming back to function versus aesthetic the function for her was you know extension like talking like repairing this relationship, you know, exploring something new, being aesthetic for her as a model, Mm. like aesthetics Mm. for her is functional Mm. because she's a model, right? Instead of this, so as a designer, the design brief was so different Mm. from a usual prosthetic. Mm. We got to be more creative because the, yeah, so everyone goes, oh, but is it functional? I'm like, well, what does function mean? You know, uh, does the hand move? No, the hand doesn't move, but that's, she doesn't need it. (laughs) I think aesthetics are important to a huge amount of people. I think whether you're a model or not, I think. For a model? Yeah. A model (laughs) for sure. But literally paid for. Yeah. (laughs) I think if you're chatting to anyone who's like, you know, early 20s, mid 20s, they're going to want it to Mm. look good to go with whatever their aesthetic is. But also changing that perception of aesthetic from just being a um, shove this on because you'll look more normal for everyone yeah, else to into be it being at like you, this looks to cool. Being, it is more aesthetically pleasing for you as part of you. Mm. So then, where did the heartbeat go in? Yeah, so the heartbeat. I was like, um, I was exploring with different sensors because uh, obviously I was designing the third thumb at the time. Um, so I actually did these uh, these projects alongside each other wow. during my master's degree project because I'm crazy yeah and I, I was like, gonna uh, say having lots. done a master's <laughs> that is batshit of you yep. um <laughs> yeah <laughs> um they inspired each other so I was doing this so I was trying to work out how to control the third thumb I I got my mate in and I just shoved sensors all over him and I was just like moving you know trying to record different kind of movements of the body like I said about you know moving the shoulders and stuff like that how could we control something um and I started thinking about different sensors and, and obviously heartbeat came up um and and I was just like well that's interesting you know that's n- nothing I've ever seen in a prosthetic before but it is something that we tr- like kind of 
relate to being kind of human and alive and mm. and this and it is a physical feeling you can feel your heartbeat um and it's interesting that you guys uh, thought it was audible but it's not it's visual it's a visual uh, heartbeat <laughs> so it just it, one of the layers of uh, in, in the wrist um just kind of slot out and actually kind of just tick so you can it's a mm. very slight tick but it's a more of a movement recreation a, or a visual recreation of your heartbeat and now I'm looking to see, can I'm I I'm deliberately not looking because rate? I know that it weirds me out when I can see my veins like moving. But you can <laughs> often, you know, you will, if you've got something pressed or whatever and you go, oh mm. yeah, weird. Mm. Mm, cool. So on that, the fact that you can see your heartbeat, uh, so that's how the senses work. So it's kind of like a green light that shines into your skin. I, I'm pretty sure it's a similar thing to like how the Apple Watches, what they have on the bottom oh, is, is kind of the same yeah. thing. It's a light that goes through your skin because your skin is reason, reasonably translucent. And so I learned my first uh, don't assume about people's bodies, Danny, uh, little moment as a designer. And I put the sensor inside the socket because everyone's got a big vein there, right? Mm. Guess who doesn't have a big vein there because she doesn't have a hand. So why would you need so much blood yeah. to be taken to your arm? <laughs> and I was just like... What a great learning curve because I am yeah. always up for learning yeah, for new sure. things about and do, not making assumptions about people's bodies. Um, it was great uh, learning curve. Kelly's like, the sense didn't work. She's like, am I dead? Like, what's going on? And I was like, no, I'm just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, she doesn't have a big vein there because uh, that is obviously a big direct blood vessel for yeah, our hand, absolutely. which requires a lot of sensory uh, information. So I put the sensor on the outside instead, and she used her her thumb and puts it on the on the outside, records her heartbeat uh, for a bit, and then it then it loops um, the code loops her heartbeat and then outputs it as this kind of looped heartbeat. Mm. But then I got this extra added little you know design uh, bit for free, which is that when she took the arm off, it continued to tick, which I really liked, kind of like mm. this lasting connection when there's no longer a physical one. So mm. I kind of uh, there was a little bit of mm. <laughs> back and forth about that, um, but yeah, it was our first um, design we made together and and um it was yeah I think it was a really interesting way to start uh it's not her favorite ar- favorite arm I don't think that we've made together but um it was a really interesting it brought up some really interesting questions mm. I'm just imagining it <laughs> yeah you can see lots of visuals on my on my website <laughs> Quite plug, plug it plug videos. it where can people find the website <laughs> dannyclode.com there you go <laughs> and so does the heartbeat change your relationship to it as well then well, see, we didn't study it. So this is so all my work with the Alternative Limb Project is very kind of visual, aesthetic, pushing mm. the boundaries, and, and it's a lot of exhibition pieces. So these pieces Kelly doesn't kind of wear a day-to-day. They're, uh, they go to exhibitions to, to ask more questions for the public, to, you know, make the public engage and think about things differently like we're doing right now. Um, and they're kind of catalysts for discussion, really. So, um, yeah, so, so I mean, it's only really the interaction in the photo shoot, which, again, is, is her kind of at work. So mm. it's it's a little bit different to kind of maybe doing a study about something like oh, this, yeah. which is definitely something I'd be interested in. Yeah, That's one for the later date. Okay, we have to get on to tentacles. <laughs> yeah, because we've done thumbs. <laughs> We've done heartbeats yep. and arms, but there are those scary octopus tentacles. I'm, I'm still not on board. So have you guys seen photos of what I'm talking about? I have. I have seen photos. Yeah. I don't know if Anya has. I don't think she I has. I don't think I've seen be photos because afterwards. Sarah... So Sarah said about tentacles and my brain went again to the weird sex stuff. And I was like, well, we can get to that. We've done two versions. <laughs> <laughs> So with the first find, so this is also with Kelly, uh, Kelly Knox with the Alternative Limb Project. Yeah, we were like, we want to make a tentacle because we think it'd be really interesting. We were inspired by my third thumb design. So it was toe controlled. Mm. Four degrees of freedom, which means you've got kind of four individual movements. So the base could move. Um, if you kind of like think about like a, the t- tentacle doing like an S mm. and then it could do like a kind of a big C or a backward C or a backwards S. So that's mm. kind of like four degrees of freedom. So you can control the tip individ- like differently from the base. And that's controlled by uh, her toes, which is and the control is down, down or up, up or any combination of, of the two of the four, sorry. Um, and we obviously were terrified of being overly sexual, the connotations that come around, uh, tentacle porn, all that good stuff. So we actually kind of decided to make it really botanical. So we went, um, I like to call it the, call it the flora fauna hybrid. <laughs> and it's kind of like this, um, green 
silicon uh, tentacle that's kind of this silicon is kind of stretched over the vertebrae that is, is inside. So it's not Ooh. really a tentacle because tentacles are quite soft. It's actually a vertebrae. So I designed all the internal vertebrae. Um, so every yeah. piece is, is different because it kind of it kind of um, it tapers down to a point. See, that's way cooler. That's what I'd want. <laughs> As she stands up, yeah. I think it the tip went kind of down to her knees wow. um, and then all the way up her arm as well to kind of disp- wow. distribute the weight. And we designed the, the end of the, the so the, the start of the tentacle, the end of her arm, similar shape. So it kind of looks like she mm. kind of grew it a little bit. Mm. And, but yeah, went really kind of floral, kind of green and, and kind of, and Sophie made these beautiful flowers mm. and everything. Um, and yeah, it kind of worked a little bit. The, the kind of tension from the silicon was quite challenging, but we did a couple of really cool photo shoots. And then, uh, uh, that, so that was 2018, I think. That's now being displayed as a permanent display in the Museum of Scotland, which cool. is pretty cool. Very um, cool. Yeah. And, um, and then we decided to make a, a 2.0 version, a second version of the Vine, and we completed that last year uh, for a big exhibition in Athens. It's just come back from Athens. And uh, we decided to lean in to the sexy. Uh, so we've left all the vertebrae completely exposed, which I was really happy about because that's mm. all my hard work. Yeah, <laughs> so nice. it didn't get covered with a big uh, sock. Nice. And um, really clear. So really worked on, again, being inspired by synchronized. So brought the gold mm. socket in, lots of clear 3D printing. I was very experimental with the 3D printing. Um, and uh, yeah, we kind of... Um, yeah, extended again her arm, and then but with the photo shoot went yeah went pretty sexy with it. Yeah, <laughs> you guys can see the video on my website <laughs> or on the alternative nice. limb project website. You were like, you know what? With this one, we're just gonna lean into it. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was thinking it. We were just like, you know what? We've you know Embrace let's just it. do it. And also it created a completely different aesthetic for her as well. So Sophie uh, got this amazing uh, kind of um, f- like flexible clear kind of. Uh, outfit mm. for Kelly to wear um, and we also did a kind of boudoir kind of uh, a corset photo shoot with cool. all this kind of pink velvet as well so it was um, yeah we, we definitely leaned in we, we put some Ashniko on the soundtrack and and <laughs> went full femme yeah. so, now, <laughs> so now what I also want is you know with Strictly and the whole you know how many people they have to have they have to have the old one they I have love to have the funny I don't one know they have where to have the disabled you're going one with this. You know, now they should have an augmented one. And how cool would that be? Try and come up with a routine with somebody that has a tentacle arm. Well, it's interesting you say augmented because, yeah, so so this is something I, I say when, I, when I'm doing a talk about my prosthetic work and my augmentation work is that because Kelly is a congenital one-hander, she was born with one arm, she doesn't use a prosthetic in her daily life, we've made her a tentacle is that a prosthetic or is it uh, augmentation? Mm. And this is, I, that's a question mark. I, I'm not going to answer that for you. That's kind of for you to think about. But yeah, so that's interesting. You know, we're not recreating the body. We're putting it in a place where an arm is, but it's not an arm. Yeah. It's, you know, and she, and she, she was born her full self. She's not missing anything. Mm. So it kind of touches on all the aspects of augmentation, yet the perception is because she doesn't have a left um, that it must be a prosthetic. So I, these are the questions I like to ask and uh, and like to discuss as well. Yeah. yeah, really, really cool. But yeah, it's interesting to go, yeah, on biomimetic versus kind of um, um, functional or, or kind of um, biomimetic in a, for a different animal. So talking about, you know, tentacle versus arm. But also um, it's interesting to, to, to think about, just coming back to prosthetics, biomimetic versus kind of ultimate function. Um, so you, when you think about um, my, my favorite example of this is is um, with the cheetah leg, you know the the, the running leg that um, athletes in the Paralymp- Paralympics use. It's not doesn't look like a leg, <laughs> you know. We've got a material that we can use, you know, this high intensity steel. Um, I'm pretty sure that's something you know something like that, and then a grippy foot, you know, mm. to to recreate the the human body how it is we don't have materials that we can, we can't 3d mm, print in mm, muscle and blood mm, and, and flesh yet yet yes. people are definitely working on it for organs mm. but um so why not utilize the materials we do have and and thinking about you know coming back to the wings think about their ultimate function what's the ultimate goal it's to mm. you know is to run fast and so you mm. see see them walking up to the start line and they they're kind of looking a bit awkward you know because it's not a walking prosthetic it is a sprinting prosthetic um in that, you know, in that context, they have made versions for, for walking. But, um, and so that, I find that really fascinating. So that's not biomimetic at all. 
um, yet it is now the most functional. So, and some would argue more functional than than a human leg. So, and going back to what we said was that you know we've got used to seeing that, so it is challenging the exactly. human perception of what yeah. it is to be the right looking human, and we've got used to that, and that's fine. So we'll accept that. So we might accept a lot more. Um, and going forward, okay. Can I just ping you however many mm-hmm. years into the future? I've got wings. Um, <laughs> Anya's yeah. got wings. Okay, but let's go for Anya's wings. Could they then be plugged in so that instead of using her toes, she could control it with her brain? Yeah, so so there is people uh, working on brain-computer uh, brain inf- interfaces. Brain-computer interfaces, BCI. Um, it's... Uh, it's all a bit Russell yeah. T. Davis no, when he's yeah. got her being like part robot thing and she's like calling them up on a hand. I can't even remember. Years and years, that was the show. But that's it. Is that then possible? You could turn your hand into a phone and you could have wings. And- There's people working on this. I actually just visited some labs in, in Pittsburgh in the US uh, who are working on this. And um, yeah, it, we're, we're quite far away. So at the moment they're doing implants, brain implants for, um, you know, usually paraplegic people um, and they have a, a kind of robotic arm um, that is separate. It's not a wearable. Um, and they've, you know, had some quite, you know, a lot of success, but um, that is an implant. So that's obviously what Elon Musk is working on is Im- implementation. So, you know, I don't, yeah, not, not at this stage, not a fan of, of implanting um, for augmentation, um, unless you're kind of piggybacking off, off kind of mm. other research that it's being used for, um, that would be kind of okay. But, but just for pure augmentation at this stage, you know, the function needs to really outweigh the, the impact on the body. Um, you mm. know, surgery mm. and to that extent is, is quite extreme for the, yeah. for the body. So, you know, in the future, I, I mean, yeah, who knows? Well, Danny, we have to let you go, but thank you so, so much. This has been amazing. This is great. One of my favourites. Yeah. <laughs> Good questions. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, the gin was Good name. Do you know, <laughs> I, I actually found the gin easier to drink the more I drank it. The less cherry it became, I think, because mm, I just became... Addicted to it. It was, it was fine. It was That's fine. great for you. Um, that is great for you. And I just love the idea of ten legs, you know. <laughs> ten legs, possibly, somebody come up with... Well, I'm, yeah, no. Thank you so much, Danny. Yeah. Um, it's been brilliant. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Great drinking gin with you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, ten legs gin is not on you approved. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, ten legs. Sorry, ten legs. I'm sure you're a really nice group of friends. I'm sure you are. And I looked at you and I thought, I'm gonna like you. I'm really gonna like you. Didn't realise you were a flavoured gin. Can you I'm please sorry make you're that a flavored clear gin. on your marketing, ten legs? <laughs> I know, because I I yeah, it's a bit you know, it snuck in there, yeah. even though it's got 10 legs of it. Um, I didn't mind it after a while of drinking it. It's not too sweet, but it is just a cherry gin. It wasn't for I'm going to give it away. All of it. I don't want it. If you're my friend I and you're listening experiment. to this. I will experiment, but it's not our kind of gin. But I'm glad that Danny liked yes. it. And I'm sure lots of people would like it. Because it's not too overflavored. Yeah, if you like a cherry soothers, this is a great drink for you. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. And it got us to talk about 10 it legs. Did. And if anyone could think about why or whether they want mm. 10 legs as wearable technology. Or just any kind. You know what? Message us on Instagram. Message us on Twitter. We want to know what would you add to your body if you had the chance. <gasps> oh, my God. Absolutely. And how would you operate it? I mean, that's the fascinating thing, because not just what you would add. Send us an email, tweet us, Instagram us. We want to know what would you add and how would you operate it? I would add wings and I would operate them with my mind because it would just be the easiest way in my brain. I know, but that's so far away. But, you know, wearable, maybe you operate it with your pecs. You have to be really, I'm really strong there. Really tone your pecs. Okay, so what have we learned? What have we learned? I've we learned, have learned so much. I've A, learned that you can 
add an extra thumb to this point in your hand and control it using your toes as a very basic thing. Do you know what I love about that is that all comes from a product designer, an artist who's designing products and thinking about, you know, oh, weirdy, beardy, awkward turtle. (laughs) That looks like it could be an extra thumb. That could be a useful product. But before that product goes into any kind of production, actually we've got amazing neuroscientists Mm -hmm. looking at hang on a second, what would that actual additional thumb do to our brain? And, you know, then down the line to what if you got used to it and suddenly you go to use it and it's not on your hand and you have a massive car crash. Blew my mind that there's so much. So much. And then also the brilliant stuff of, well, what if we just made one that looked kind of like a tentacle just for shits and giggles? Brilliant. Do it. I love that. And because we've got this weird thing about prosthetics and augmentation and prosthetics being very... Mm. You know, I, the more I think about it, the more I think about how... Fucked prosthetics up. Prosthetics are, are more about making everyone else around them feel comfortable. I know that, you know, yes, there's a lot of prosthetics that are coming out now for functionality mm-hmm. and things. You know, there are some amazing... There are some amazing things, but also... A lot of it is still about other people did it start for the right reasons i don't know and so i love the idea of you know being able to just think about what is that end result so like the running what is it we want to be fast we want to be able to run the race so we create something that can do it i don't know what i'd use tentacle for but i love the idea of it Weird sex stuff. And I always love whenever we have a guest come on, I can say the phrase weird sex stuff and they straight away go, absolutely, I get what you mean. Because, yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad we only talked about heartbeats and arms and nothing else going into weird And let's stop there. Um, Lovely to see you tonight. Next time. (laughs) I've really enjoyed talking about augmenting humans i'm going to keep thinking and talking to other people about what they would add Mm -hmm. i'm going to make that my newest uh like random get to know you question Mm, nice like the whole sort of who would you invite to a dinner party oh no my standard is if you're a type of cheese what cheese would you be oh hello me Oh, that's it. We're out. I'm just good at these okay, cheese bye, jokes. Okay, bye, Sarah. Nice to see you. <laughs> see you later. Well, there you go. We finished the gin. That was this week's topic. Join us next week for another one. Lovely. Where can people find us in the meantime, Sarah? At Topic Gin. So find us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, find us on Face FaceTime? No? Facebook? We're on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, good. But we're not on TikTok. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> or you can head over to our website, ginandtopic.com, and you can email us, hello at ginandtopic.com. And you can see us on Tuesday for the tasting room. The next gin. Oh, can't wait. See you then. And see you next week for the next topic too. Ooh.